This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns here on radio.com. I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora, and I have the pleasure, as always, to be joined by my main man, Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. And we have made it through the championship games. We are on the precipice of the Super Bowl, the NFL, the NFLPA, all the players, coaches, GMs, uh, trainers, everybody involved in this massive undertaking has managed to help us reach a point where we have uh, a Super Bowl for the ages upon us. We had an amazing weekend of championship football, Baldy, and we've got a lot to go over here um, as we get ready to, unfortunately, transfer into the off-season part of this podcast with just one more game to savor. Well, you know, it's uh, only two Only two are going to be left standing. And so, I mean, we can look at what Buffalo did and what Green Bay did, and we will. Uh, but, you know, you have to just always uh, tip your hat to the two teams that are standing right now. And, you know, certainly what Tampa did and what defensively, how they performed and uh, all the plays that they made. And then certainly when you look at everything that Kansas city has done from the start of this season, from the end of last season through the start of this season, the whole thing, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just, uh, thank goodness the league has Patrick Mahomes because Ooh. he makes everybody better. Uh, he makes everybody better, makes everybody feel better about the game, about the sport, about, you know, the crazy world we're in right now. It's just, uh, he's just amazing to watch. So look, I mean, you got, Mahomes on one side and you got the goat on the other side and you got the baby goat and the goat. I mean, I mean, it's going to be a million different storylines, but this is, this is great. I mean, somehow we got here, Jason. I don't know. Man. You probably already know like the number of tests that have been administered. Uh, it's yeah. ridiculous. It, you know, it's in the hundreds of thousands. I'm yes. sure. So, I mean, here we are. So it's, it's fantastic. And, you know, I'm just, a, you know, I was just reading yesterday, Jason, that none of the teams are going no. until at least Friday. I know the chiefs aren't going until the day before the game. Yes. So, and I understand all of it, but I mean, it's just, I mean, everybody has had a sacrifice this year, so it won't feel like any kind of a normal Super Bowl, but we're going to have a Super Bowl. Yeah. Once they kick it off, Baldy, it's, it's, it's going to be an adrenaline rush. It's going to be historic. It it just really blows my mind that you've got this guy who's been in 10 of these (laughs) three, three after the age of 40. And you've got this other kid who's 25 who's been a three-year starter, Baldy, who knows nothing but hosting the championship game in his stadium, and they're going to meet in this crazy COVID season. It's like a Hollywood thing. You couldn't script it. It doesn't sound real, yet here we are. Yeah. No, you're right. And, uh, you know, just – you know, just going to Mahomes for a second, you know, like McCole Hardman fumbles that punt, you know, or yeah. muscles the punt and, you know, it leads to a score. And next thing you look up and Kansas City's down nine, nothing. And yeah. you go, oh, the Chiefs got him right where they want him, you know. <laughs> yeah. But and then, and then you, you know, you know, McCole Hardman feels bad. When it happened, I said, they're going to need this kid. He's going to make some plays. So I hope, uh, hope he doesn't stay in a funk too long. And then you see all this stuff that's out there. Mahomes coming over to him and lifting the jacket off his head. And goes, man, keep your head up, man. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna, yes, we're gonna win this thing. Like this, this guy is just, I, I mean, if you're gonna make this a Hollywood script, I don't know that there's ever been an actor that could play Patrick Mahomes, a convincing 
more convincing than what Patrick Mahomes is right. and the type of leader that he is. And how nothing, nothing seems to ever phase this kid. No, it is it is truly phenomenal. But let, let's start our, our breakdown in the NFC. Um, a tale of two halves, Baldy. You, you look at that. I don't know what the hell Mike Pettin was thinking at the end of the first half, and you see Scotty oh. Miller get back there for an end zone for a touchdown. I'm sorry, in the end zone, and you get it up to 28-10, and you're thinking, well, I wonder how Brady and and uh, Bruce Arians are going to handle this, and they decide to chuck it around on third down, and Brady makes a couple passes he'd want back, and now they've turned him over three times, and now we got a ball game, and then here it comes right back on the Packers coaching staff again right at the end of the game like it was at the end of the first half and this time they decide to kick a field goal which I'll never for the life of me figure out and now Aaron Rodgers is on the sidelines the rest of the game now Aaron Rodgers is hinting pretty strongly that he might have one eye somewhere other than Green Bay uh life comes at you fast in the NFL Baldy it does but it's all about you know decision making and in the moment can you make the right decisions and so, you know, if you go back to the end of that first half, I mean, even when Tampa is driving the final minute, they've got a fourth and four, and they go for it. You know, they throw it to yep. Fournette, he gets the first down. Uh, you know, and then they, they're thinking about a, a couple of different scenarios, uh, you know, with eight seconds to go, and they take the timeout. And Aaron's like, hell, I mean, look, there's no other quote that's more attributable than Bruce Arians than no, no risk it, no biscuit. And that was – that's who they are. And so this whole game, it goes from 14 to 10 to 28 to 10 in a total of a minute and six seconds. You throw the touchdown to Scotty Miller, all right, uh, instead of kicking a field goal or punting or whatever else you were thinking about doing. Aaron Rodgers comes out, and on the third down of the opening drive of the third quarter, I don't know how Sean Murphy Bunting caught that ball yeah. and the play that he made. And then the very next play, Arians goes play action, touchdown, Cam Brate. You go 14, 10, 28, 10. All right, so that's that's one switch in that game where the game just completely flipped. But the, if you just go to the fourth and eight at the eight-yard line with the league's MVP, I'll never understand that call because mm. the three points does you no good whatsoever. You still yep. need a touchdown to win. Yep. So even if you go for it on fourth and eight and don't get it, you still have to stop them, yeah. whether you kick the field goal or you don't kick the field goal. So if you stop them, presumably at the you know in that range of the eight yard line, you're going to get good field position to go attempt one more shot at, yes. the, at the end zone. So I don't understand any of that. What Matt Lafleur was doing, nope. and I don't even understand Aaron Rodgers signing off on it. To be honest with you. Yeah, it it, it kind of defies credulity, Baldy, because you're surrendering time, taking time to kick that field goal and taking time to kick the ball off. You're surrendering field position, um, and you're giving Bruce Arians a full playbook instead of having him backed up in his own eight or whatever and probably just running three times, right? I mean, even Bruce Arians has to be judicious about what he calls in a scenario like that. I don't get it. I understand Aaron Rodgers. Um, being being frustrated by it um Aaron Rodgers waited three years right took three years off his career sitting behind Brett Favre I'm sure in his mind he felt he was the better quarterback for at least a couple of those years 
And now on the back end, you know, he sees them take a quarterback to replace him rather than somebody who could have helped him win this game. He's seeing guys drop two-point conversions and 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 make some some mental errors at critical times. Not that Rodgers played a perfect game. Uh, I don't know about you, Baldy, but I, I think anybody who's pretending that this isn't real or that Aaron Rodgers might not be able to get his way out of Green Bay, I think grossly underestimates uh, the power of Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, if he just looked at the other side, okay, and what Tom Brady has done, okay, at eight, at age 43, and you look at what Tom Brady played with the last two years in New England yep. and what he's playing with right now, you go, Night and day. is there a scenario out there where I could go join a team that's ready-made Mm-hmm. Right. That's everything's in place. They just need me to run the ship that I couldn't do it, that I couldn't show Green Bay. Like what kind of, I mean, just the way Brady's sticking it to the Patriots yeah. right now, that Aaron Rodgers can't do the same thing and have more fun. Because let's yes. face it, the receivers, I mean, I don't understand how they miss a layup, you know, on that drive to Devontae Adams against Carlton Davis. I mean, he wins off the line. I mean, it's a, lay, it's, it's, it's a right-handed layup for me and you, Jason. Yeah. And, you know, the, to me, but everybody else, I mean, Lazard was bad. He missed assignments. St. Brown was bad. Um, you know, I mean, the, the core around him was not good. Uh, he made those guys all year long. And, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers could play probably a little bit better, but his receivers didn't help him. But you're right. I mean, right now, Tom Brady couldn't have gone to it. And we were all kind of a little bit questioning going to Tampa. Sure. But you look at it now and you go, this was by far the best situation he'd gone to. I mean, he, he did his homework, credit to Tom Brady. But Dan Rodgers has to look at this and go, man, there's there might be a better situation yep. for me. And if Tom Brady can do it in a COVID yep. world, quarantine, yep. I know I could fit in right now like the designated hitter and go back, clean up for a team, and get us right back to where we are right now. No, no doubt about it. And I think, again, people who are trying to pretend that this is not a thing – don't know Aaron Rodgers very well and and, and don't understand um, the magnitude well, he opened of the it situation. Up. I mean, he, you know, he's the one that opened up all this conversation. Yes. And he knew what he was doing. It wasn't just yes. the heat of the moment, the emotion no. of it. It's obviously been on his mind. And so that's what you do in those kind of meandering press conferences. It's been weighing on his mind. And, and now that it's over, the finality, the realization that sudden death hit him, like, that's what's coming out. Yeah. Well, and he also knows that they're probably going to lose Aaron Jones, right? And Bakhtiari's coming off a major surgery, and that happened late in the year. And, you know, he he, he knows they're going to lose some pieces on defense, Preston Smith. You know, Baldy, when you go out and spend all the money they did two years ago, the, the real – you pay the piper three years later. None of these deals are more than two or three years, right? And right. now you start looking right. at your cap situation. Oh, wait, and the cap might be flat but it's certainly not going to jump the way it did before. Yeah, I I think the Aaron Rodgers story is one we were going to we are going to be talking about a lot this offseason. But but how about the goat, Baldy? <laughs> not his best second half by any stretch of the imagination. But he still has the ball in his hand with the game on the line. He still finds a way to win, to just keep winning at a rate in a way that no one has approximated by a country mile in the history of this game, it's it's absolutely staggering. And for him to be the first quarterback to host the Super Bowl in his own stadium, like, of course, <laughs> right? Like, if that's ever going to happen, of course it'll be Tom Brady in his first year right. in the NFC with a new team in a pandemic. Sure. Um, 
you know, he's just, he's Robert Redford in the natural, uh, you know, I mean, every, every scenario, I mean, just falls his way. I mean, you know, when they need to play most at the end, who does he go to? He goes to Gronk. Yeah. I mean, he catches one pass, but the most important pass of the postseason, you know, to really put the game on ice. Uh, you know, they, I was talking to him, just kind of texting back and forth with Ryan Jensen, the center who had a good game. Yes. He, he was like, look, we, we didn't play our best football, but here we are. But I just remember I was at a, a football camp with them in Dallas back in July, Jason, about two weeks before the start of camp. And so, you know, I'm doing some, you know, I'm there kind of as one of the hosts of the camp, whatever, uh-huh. but we do some interviews, whatever. So <clears throat> kind of promote the camp. And so I sit down with Ryan. So, you know, I'm talking about the camp, but eventually I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to get to Brady and he knows sure. it. So he's kind of like, he's holding his smile. He's a, you know, you know, Ryan, I mean, he's, he's a great yes. guy. Yes. And you know, real, real affable. So, so I get to Brady and he goes, well, it's about time you get to him, Baldy. I go, <laughs> well, what do you, what's your experience so far? He goes, he goes, you know, we're doing like these kind of impromptu workouts. I, I'm getting a lecture every day, Baldy, on the snap. Like I've been snapping my whole life. Right. But it's, but I'm, he's telling me things about the shotgun snap when it's wet outside, where he wants the towel on my back to be like, I'm getting dissertations on the snap. And I just think somehow it's somebody, Jason, I mean, I don't know how it's going to come out, but you know, we, we want to just open up his football brain and just see how it operates and all the things that he thinks about that other people have probably never given thought to even the great ones. And that's just the, the level of detail in how he leads and how he gets everybody to follow is just really, you know, it's just one of those things that we're, we're all kind of dying to find out. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is going to and they love and look, they, he loves being the general and yes. they love working for him. I mean, it's, it's just clear Devin white, the whole group. I mean, they know they've got the best leader available in their house every day and he can't help himself, but to make everybody better. Well, and let's talk about that other side of the ball for a minute, because they, they have proven to be a very opportunistic defense. We know the linebackers can fly around pretty much anybody. And, and Baldy, I remember talking about this when the Tennessee Titans lost Luan, and you're like, at some point, that probably catches up to you. And the Ravens lose Ronnie Stanley, and Zeus is doing a great job on the left side, but man, who's on the right side? That probably catches up to you. Packers lose back the area. That that definitely caught up to them on Sunday. They were getting torn up at, at the point of attack uh, by a Bucks team that doesn't have to bring a whole lot of numbers to, to get home. They, they, they can get there with four. Vita Vea made a little difference in there, getting him back. Uh, you know, when you watch JPP, I mean, he's he's in his tenth year. Yeah, I mean, he took the help take the when he when the Giants went to the Super Bowl in 2011. I thought he was as good a defensive lineman as it was in football. And to watch his movement now, uh, you know, he's going up against his old coach Steve Spagnuolo from the Giants. He had him there for a little bit, but you know, when you when you go and you watch him right now, his movement looks awful, an awful lot like it did in 2011, um, you know, when he was just, you know, getting 16 and a half sacks in this league. And then Shaq Barrett on the other side, I mean, you don't get 19 and a half sacks the year before and not have skills. And so they they just, they torched, you know, Wagner and Billy Turner on the yes. edges. And really, uh, you know, even to see Aaron Rodgers almost caught by surprise a couple of times, 
I mean, he usually has that radar up, and his GPS system is right. as good He's as anybody. Getting rid of the ball, yeah. In his helmet, about getting rid of the ball or feeling that pressure in the backside, and he never even felt it. It was so fast. So, I mean, they blitzed very little. A little bit of Sean Murphy Bunny coming off the edge. Jamel Dean came that one time and tipped the ball on a deep throw. But other than that, I mean, they're a front four base defense. And I've, I've said this now for weeks, Jason, but I think if I had to start a defense around one player in the NFL right now, it would be Devin White. His, it's, it's his instincts, his speed, yeah. his violence that he plays the game with. Uh, that's the whole – his ability to cover. It's his whole understanding of the game that shows up constantly. And it's a credit to Todd Bowles that he recognizes his ability – to be able to do things like if you blitz Sean Murphy bunting off the slot, Jace, like he, Devin White can replace, he can replace the slot defender right. from the middle linebacker position. And that means covering Devontae Adams sometimes right. or right. Aaron Jones. I mean, you know, like he's just, he's just a special player and it's not to knock. I mean, Levante David, we all think that he's been underappreciated, yeah. but, but that, that tandem is, is really good. And look, I mean, they've got, They've got seven takeaways in the postseason, right? And they've all led to touchdowns. So, or six of the seven takeaways mm-hmm. have led to touchdowns. So that's a credit to the Tampa offense that when they get an opportunity, an extra at bat, they're finishing in the paint right now. Yeah. And some of that is Bruce Arians, some of that is Brady, but they take advantage of those turnovers right now. Yeah, they they, they do. And, and, Baldy, the, the Chiefs, um, when they hit their full stride, when they hit their fifth gear, nobody nobody else has that gear. Um, obviously, Tyreek Hill, <laughs> yards after the catch, forget about it. Kelsey was uncoverable um, the entire game. Patrick Mahomes, that toe didn't seem to bother him at all. There are superlatives after superlatives after superlatives to go around. And I'm sure we'll talk about this in more depth next week, but I do look at the state of that offensive line coming out of that game and say, okay, like uh, now you got a, you got a bunch of seventh rounders starting, you know, now you're without both your tackles um, and right. Tardif opted out and all of a sudden that depth has really been compromised. And, and that to me will be fascinating how that unit holds up and maybe how much Andy Reed decides to just stay balanced, to just run the ball, to just help that quarterback and line out a little bit uh, because it could be a thing, at least in my eyes. I, I agree. Look, I mean, Eric Fisher, torn Achilles. Um, the guy's been a rock out there at left tackle um, and just battles all the time, but they have gone through all their depth. I mean, you go, you, you see Wisniewski that, you know, I mean, I love Stefan Wisniewski. He's, he's won a couple Super Bowls now in different places, Kansas City, Philadelphia. I mean, he's a warrior, but you know, he's you know, he's at the very end yeah. right now. And they're they're plugging him in. And, you know, I mean, Remmers is bouncing right side, left side, and you know, he's 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 at the end. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just nothing but free agents and and barbed wire and you know, bail and you know, some uh some scotch tape holding it together right now. And so can Mahomes just overcome all that? He has so far. His ability to scramble, extend, uh, play Fran Tarkin and Roger Staubach. I mean, anybody that's ever played that position that we we love to watch move. I mean, his movement is second to none in this business. And his ability to take care of the ball under pressure, 
has been unbelievable. But this is going to be a different beast uh, because of their front four in Tampa and the speed that they have. It is a very good secondary. And they were hurt too. I mean, to see them with backup safeties in there and really to see the MVP of the league not be able to exploit, you know, um, Adams back there, you know, you know, and so it's, it's, it's really been remarkable on both sides. Yeah, it, it, it has. And, um, we talked a lot about Josh Allen this year, Baldy, and rightfully so, um, amazing year kid, kid, probably the most improved player in the NFL. In fact, I don't even know if I need the qualifier probably, but he, he was human in the playoffs, Baldy. You know, he had a slow start against the Colts. He hit a few big plays in the second half. Baltimore was all dink and dunk, one play over 20 yards, and this was an explosion offense, right? That's how they lived and died. You know they didn't run the ball much. And then the only big plays they really got against the Chiefs were when we kind of got into garbage time late in the second half. He ends up with a 94 QB rating for the playoffs, sacked eight times more than anybody else. A lot of those sacks are on him. Um, One interception, it could have been a lot more than that. You know, he, he got away with a lot of stuff. I, I felt like it was a learning experience for Josh Allen about what it's like that grind weekend after weekend after weekend in January. Well, you know, at each level that you rise in the playoffs from wildcard weekend to the divisional to the championship series, the competition just gets better. And whatever weaknesses you have just get exploited. I mean, just – their, their inability to get it to Stefan Diggs was almost alarming yeah. because of how regular they were able to get it to him during the regular season. But, you know, I'm watching LeJarius Sneed and I'm watching mm-hmm. Bashad Breeland. They know yeah. every route that's coming. They're beating him to the routes, yeah. you know, last week. And then, you know, Spags, <laughs> Spags' ability to, to pressure a quarterback is really very different than almost everybody else. I mean, he he'll use – his corners and safeties, uh, whether it's Matthew or Legereus Sneed or Sorensen, because he all he cares about is speed to the quarterback. And so it's not linebackers that come. And 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 all you're all you're looking to do is just speed up the process of whatever they're trying to do. And so he 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 know he understands that. And so to get Legereus Sneed on that big sack of 15 yeah. yards or Tyron Matthew coming off the edge and really doing a good job of disguising what he's doing until the last second, and he comes free and you get intentional grounding. They didn't have to blitz a lot, but when they did, it was really effective. And their their whole secondary, it's really an amazing study. You know, whether it's Juan Thornhill or Sorensen or Tyron Matthew or Bashad Breeland, I mean, you just go through the list of them. They're either uh, guys that have been given up on on other places like Bashad Breeland, uh, you know, and it was re-signed this year for a million-dollar tender, you know, veteran basic minimum. Uh, you know, you go through the list of them. You know, Tyron Matthews has been given up on and, you know, what, what yeah, happened in A couple of places. A couple places now. And, you know, here he is. He's the quarterback back there. He's probably as smart as any defensive back yep. in this league. And, you know, they, they take these guys, Traverius Ward, they take these guys and they have just molded them. It's not a great defensive front. Chris Jones is a beast, but Frank Clark hasn't had. He, no. He's not a difference maker right now. He's a good player. But, I mean, it's not like they have this wicked pass rush and no. the secondary benefits from it. I mean, they play a lot of press man coverage. They're very good at what they do. They've got very good technique. Um, they're protected on the back end. 
Uh, it helps that their offense, you know, can just you know put up score after score after score. But you know, they played. They were the star of the show. Was the secondary of the Chiefs? You know, in in that game. Yeah, they they managed, according to the NFL, Baldy, to pressure. <laughs> excuse me, to pressure Josh Allen on forty seven point four percent of his dropbacks, including eighty three point three percent of his dropbacks on third down, most in the NFL playoffs in ten years. And, and the one guy I thought individually who had so much to do with that was Chris Jones. And we could argue whether he's had as great of a season this year as, as last year on a week in week out basis. But you talk about a guy who can just wreak havoc from the inside and, and really kind of disrupt your whole offensive line with, with his, with his play. Um, he, when he brings it and it's his day, uh, he seems unstoppable at times. Well, I mean, you know, like like a, a lot of great defensive linemen, they just know when the game is in the balance and when it's their turn. They don't have to make a play every single play, uh, but they got to know when the game is 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 teetering on the brink. And his ability to go beat, you know, Feliciano clean, you know, uh, you know, he he won his one on one battles when he had to. And if you leave him one on one, he's going to win. I mean, there's not very few guys that can stop that power. And by the way, if you need defense linemen, just go to Mississippi State. I mean, you know, they have them every year there. But yeah, but he he's a difference maker. And that's why that inside pressure is more valuable than the guys that can scream off the edge, because most quarterbacks know how to avoid that, escape that. But it's when you can't step up, um, you know, from that pressure that's coming right in your face that gives you the most problems. So Baldy, we are down. Now to the final two. Do you have any sort of early impressions of this game? Um, you know, uh, maybe um, some under-the-radar guys who you think we might end up talking a whole lot about as we get closer to this thing. Well, I mean, you just watch. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how right now Todd Bowles is going to match up. You know, they had no mm – -hmm. like they played in week 12, and it's a long time ago. And But there's certain things. I mean, they had no answer. For Tyreek Hill, none. I mean, I think he had 200 yards receiving in the first quarter. Yes. You know, 75-yard uh, touchdown, 44-yard touchdown. They, they had no answer for Tyreek Hill. Nobody has an answer right now for Kelsey. I mean, he's torching this league at a record rate that we've never seen any tight end ever do this yeah. before. Um, you know, the targets, the catches. If Mahomes scrambles, the, his first look is to Kelsey. He just has this uncanny ability. It's like a boxer in the middle of the ring, just pairing a punch. He just knows exactly where the soft spot is in the zone, and Mahomes just knows where he's going. Like, they have incredible – so those two guys, I mean, you can go literally up and down the field on with those two guys, not to mention what Nicole Hardman did uh, when he was given the opportunity. So that's the challenge for Tampa's defense is not to let Tyreek Hill do that and what he did and how quickly – he was able to win his matchups the last time. That being said, um, I, I like the Tampa offensive line a great deal. I, Tristan Wurst is an amazing player. Just an amazing – I mean, he's as as good a rookie offensive lineman as I've seen in a long time. I mean, wow. the guy is as steady as can be and does not get beat and does things technique-wise – I don't see veteran. In fact, I sent a clip to Lane Johnson uh, yesterday 
um, because of what he did on a pass rush that I, I don't see veteran Pro Bowl players do. But anyways, I, I, I do like the way that they're playing right now. Um, and so, I don't know. Like, I'm leaning towards Tampa at this point. Interesting. I'm leaning towards Tampa. I, I think that, you know, the, the receivers did not have a great day. Obviously, you know, Godwin dropped early and Evans had drops and Brady was off a little bit in that third quarter. Um, but I, I think two weeks to get ready. I think the way that – I mean, I think both teams will be aggressive, will attack fourth downs. They're not kicking field goals at the two-yard right. line. Um, you know, that's not going to happen. So, you know, I, I think that we have a chance of – Without making any predictions yet, we'll wait till next week. But I, I think we have a chance of, of having a real high-scoring game. I'm not going to predict Philadelphia, New England, circa right. Super Bowl 52 in Minneapolis. Um, last team with the ball probably wins. But I, I think we could see this game getting into the 30s for both teams. Well, and, and Tom Brady will have seen, not that you can account for what Spags does because he will change it from week to week, but he's seen Spag's defenses on the biggest stage before. I think he has yeah. an understanding of those concepts. Um, and they have developed a much more robust screen game the last six, eight weeks than they had, you know, the first 12 weeks or so leading up to their bye. I, I wonder how much that plays a part in maybe the the Bucks being a little more methodical and how they dissect that thing. We know there's still going to be no risk it, no biscuit, right? But I wonder how they go about solving that sort of Rubik's cube. And, and if they kind of take a little bit more of a patient reasoned approach when Spags is bringing the heat. Well, I think he's going to have to do it. I mean, they're, they're going to have to come, um, you know, and, you know, Brady is as good as anybody at deciphering what's coming and where to go with the ball. But still, I mean, you know, you go back to, um, the Giants and their ability to stop them on their road to perfection and how they hit him early in that game. Yes. Um, you know, with the front and how they get off the field in third downs. Then you look at how Brady just carved up Green Bay in that first half on third downs. I mean, he was unbelievable. I mean, it didn't matter what the down and distance was. I mean, the ball was – it was it was perfection. And you could just see the, the look of uh, just intensity that Brady had on those downs and just how perfect he was to stay on the field and keep the ball moving and keep the chains moving. Uh, it, it will be a it will be a really good chess match between those two, uh, Spags and, and Brady, and their ability to move him off that spot because unlike Mahomes, when he gets off that spot, um, you know, generally good things are not going to happen. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. And how much do each of these guys run the ball? You know, they'll probably do it just enough to keep you balanced. But does somebody break off a big play or something in the run game that we didn't really focus on that ends up being one of those plays that decides the game? It, it we, we got plenty to talk about next week when we break that thing down um, in a little more um, in a little more detail. But uh, again, I just wanted to give another shout out before. We get out of here, Baldy, to everybody who played a role yeah. in making this season come together and figuring out these protocols on the fly and the players who adhered to them. And um, it, it really is astonishing that, you know, we had week three, right? We had the Titans have to go a couple of weeks, play a game yeah. later than they should have. We had to move around some bye weeks. 
we had a game on a Wednesday afternoon. We had a game on a Tuesday night. Um, but by and large, Baldy, they played the games when they were set to be played. Uh, and that blew my think, mind. I then it that, will always blow my mind. I think there's been 268 games played so far, uh, Jason. And I think they're, you know, they're, they're batting a hundred right now. And, uh, I mean, I thought that we would miss some games. Okay. I, I, you know, I was ready to extend the, the, the season a week and all the different parameters that were kind of built into the schedule, but Troy Vincent was determined, yeah. um, you know, and Roger Goodell's determined to, to get this season in. It was important, I think, for the health of our country and to, to use it as a way that we can move beyond with, you know, with science and safety and protocols and all that kind of stuff. But really the players had to buy into it and for the players to buy into it, especially when we talk about, we've all know that, uh, this league has had its share of knuckleheads and oh. guys that do some really dumb things. And to see players buy in and and do it with the maturity that, you know, you just – I don't know that you can expect 22, 23, 24-year-old kids to do it. Um, they've, de- they've done it. And so leadership from the very top all the way down, it always starts at the top. Um, hats off to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, tremendously well done, the NFL, the NFLPA, all involved – um, well, this has been the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. Please uh, rate, review, um, comment, give us feedback on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast goodness, and subscribe as well. We will be back next week to break down the Super Bowl in depth and uh, then start transitioning to what I can already promise you, Baldy, is going to be an absolutely bonkers offseason. That will include just as much quarterback craziness and zaniness as last year, and perhaps even more so. So you're going to want to stick here with us at Baldy's Breakdowns through the offseason. But uh, we hope everybody enjoys this bye weekend, and we will talk to you next week.